Today's a really exciting podcast because I have Bradley Greenwood here and Bradley is an ex-student at Kirikiri High School and he's going to be ridiculously famous. But what's more exciting is that at the moment Bradley is acting in a travelling theatre performance of The Cat in the Hat. The sun did not shine, it was too wet to play, so we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day. We looked and we saw him, the cat in the hat. I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny, but we can have lots of good fun. That is funny. So, Bradley, what role do you play? I am playing the boy. It doesn't have a name, he's just... Um, He's called the boy because the whole narration of it is the boy's imagination. It's his mind talking to the audience as well, so his name isn't really referred. He is sort of the narrator... I'm not narrating, we've got a voiceover for that. So I've got lines to say to the audience, to the characters, and then the narration over the top is what's going through my mind. So So it's all from your point of view. Yeah. It is The Cat in the Hat, which is the children's book by Dr. Seuss. And so everything is designed to look like the book. Yeah, it is And it covers the book. Yep. Now, obviously, Dr. Seuss, I don't know, do you know anything about him? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he wrote his children's books with some morals in mind. And that's really important to us as well because children's theatre is essentially, it's didactic. So it's meant to teach the audience something. So what do you reckon the cat in the hat teaches the kids? What's the message in there? Does it teaching you to do what your mother told you or? It's sort of going against your mother in a way. But then, you know, you're having fun, but then you get, you know, you clean up afterwards. So I don't know. Mm. Well, cover your tracks, clean yeah, up afterwards. Exactly. Don't be reckless. Don't be reckless. Okay, so there you go. Don't be reckless. So that's what we're looking at. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is um, the staging style of your performance. So we've said it's very comic, very book-like. Yes. Um, and so if you actually have read the book, you can see in your mind what the set looks yeah, needs 100%. to look like. And I've seen that. And there's a lot of set, isn't there? Heaps. So you've said that it's there's um, like about a shipping container worth yep. that goes with you to all the different theatres. How many different theatres are you travelling to? Starting off, we're, only, we're going to around 29 theatres around New Zealand. 29 in New Zealand. Yes. And when you go, how long turnaround do you have be- between performances? We have a day to two days. So You don't stop, eh? And then after that, you're going to Australia? Yes. Okay. It's really important that everything can be taken with you. But the set, you talked about it being really colourful. Yes. It looks like it's drawn. Yes, that's yeah. the whole point with the book. Storybook things. But you said that there's interactive elements in it, and I really like that. You said yes. that you showed me a picture of the window, which is an archetypal four-panel window, but each of those four panels are TV screens. Yes. So what do they do? So as it's a rainy day, we sort of have a lot of raindrops through going down on the TV. It gives effects like we break the window, we fix the window, we see the mum walk past the window when she's arriving. And... Oh, so it sets the scene as well? Yes, big time. So it sets the weather, it sets... I like the idea that it gets broken, because yeah. that would terrify the audience. They'd be like... <gasps> <laughs> and throughout the uh, throughout the first part, the fish has a dream, so it goes dark blue and the fish background, so we see aquariums. Yeah. Oh. And I liked how you said that there are lots of doors, so people come in and out of doors. Yes. So heaps of movement. Big time. And you talked about the shelves that they have inside the house. So they're magnetic. 
So what happens to them? Explain. So we knock the books off and the things as reckless as they are. They knock down the shelves and there's one magnet on each side so it just tumbles down like a domino. Ah, that's really cool. So it looks like it breaks but it doesn't doesn't, actually break. So you can reset it. Yeah, very easy. And you said you've got a spinning picture frame? We have a spinning picture frame. That's sort of the cat's signature thing. He runs around and spins it. And we've also got a... um, a fishing line that goes right across the stage and the cat puts that along halfway through the show and um, puts picture frames on it as well. So he's sort of bringing another another dimension into that book-like. Yeah. And then he knocks those picture frames off. And you also talked about um, the props yep. coming in and out. So do you as an actor, do you guys bring the props in and out? Like you said, yes. beds? Yes. And... We bring them in, we bring them out. Um, towards the end, as there's a big clutter, we've got the pickup machine and that's another big prop. Um, ten arms all working besides that we've all got to pick up the props as well God, it sounds magical hey eh? absolutely mm. magical so it's fully engaging it's colorful it's interactive yes. and it's surprising those things that happen are really surprising so already i can imagine as an audience member i'm going to be completely dumbfounded by it but kids are going to be blown away oh 100 you said that there's song and dance involved in it yes yeah magic tricks or anything like that or is it all the magic tricks no, happening with the set there's magic tricks it's sort of you know your comedy magic it's the cat trying to be funny the cat trying to entertain and um him and the fish you know the fish isn't always the fish isn't impressed throughout the whole time so he sort of aims at the fish to do the magic in front of him and you know picking him up in his bowl with an umbrella and so it is, it is magical. Yeah, very. The cast. So there's you, yes. who plays the boy, and... So we got the girl. She's called Sally. Oh, so she has a name. She has a name. Yeah, so, you know, I'm blessed I don't have a name because... Yeah, I'm you're, of, you're, it's your world. Yeah, it's my world, my perspective. Yeah. Um, so we've got Sally. We've got Thing 1, Thing 2. We've got the cat. And then we've also added in... Because there was a second cat in the hat book. And it had kittens in it. So we've incorporated the kittens into it as well. Kittens are the actors and they play the first part and then the things come on and then the kittens come back on it. So do they multi-role? So have you got your kittens? Do they play another role? Are they thing ones or thing twos? Yeah, they're both the things as well. Okay. And you talked about the fish, but is that a puppet or is it a... That's a puppeteer. We've got a puppeteer for that. So So you've got puppetry in there too? Yes. And he's always on the stage. In regards to your movement in character, you were talking about how things are heavy and um, you have to actually interact with the props. But yeah. you, you said that you have to exaggerate all your movements. Tell me about that. The little movements, you've got to make them big. For example, if you're picking a chair up and putting it off stage, you make that a big movement. You pick the chair up, you bring it over your head, and then you put it off stage. It's, Why is that? makes it a bit more exciting, I guess. It's, um, everyone can see that you're picking a chair up and you're lifting it off. It's not just a little lift. It's... It makes it really obvious to the audience. No, exactly, yeah. And it's all part of it. It's almost cartoonic in nature, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. big time. Who's the baddie in the piece? Is there a baddie? Is there someone that asks you to do naughty things? Yeah. Is there someone who challenges the morals of the world? I think the cat and the things are the real, you know... They're the ones that lead you astray and make you do naughty things? Yep. Yeah. They turn the house into a wreck. You're not happy with it? Not like the way that they play. If our mother could see this, what would she say? Who's the one that says, let's put it back? Let's put the house back the right way for mum. When the cat leaves, me and Sally, we're pretty, oh no, we're in trouble. But then we look at the mess and then the cat comes back on with his cleaning up machine. So I think he sort of get, he learned that, okay, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I screwed them up a little bit. So let's fix my mistakes. And, uh, and it's also, that's a good one. Cause it also teaches you that you can fix a mistake. Oh, big time. Yeah. That's a really yeah. lovely message as well. Don't be reckless, and if you are reckless, learn from it and fix your mistake. Clean up. Clean up after you. Are you guys listening? Clean up after yourselves. 
Now, I wanted to talk to you about your costume. So you play the boy. So how old is he? They're saying the boy's around 12, like 9 to 12. Okay, so he's a good 10 years younger than you. Yeah, Okay. Easy. So you have to be a young kid. So let's talk first of all about the costume. How does your costume show that you're a young kid? So my costume's a long sleeve shirt, um, top buttoned up. I've got long long trousers, quite colourful. It's real Dr. Zeus. You've got you've to stand out from the set, so that's where the colour comes in and the real creativity. It's your typical kid. Sally's your sister. Yes. Do you have any similar colours that link you as the same family or that you yep. connect in any way? So we're both wearing blue. You're right. So okay. I'm wearing the blue shirt. She's wearing a blue dress with pink stockings. Ah, uh, so that shows that you guys connect together. Yeah. Your costume, does it change? No. So you stay the same through the whole thing. Being a, you know, a young actor but not a child actor, yeah. what kind of things do you do to be a 9 to 12 year old so the audience believes you? I've got to have big movement. Um, your voice definitely has to change and it's how you think as well um, you've got to think okay I'm not 20 now I'm you know 9 to 12 years old how did I react back then um, I love that you talk mm. about your movements are really big oh, yeah, and is it making it big for the audience to actually see what's going on as well? yeah and I'm going to ask you to say some lines in a bit in yeah. your voice, yeah. but we'll get used to just having ordinary Bradley voice. Um, and you said that you're really physical. When you first came in, you talked about how the first scene has you running around. It's really lucky you've yeah. got a background in martial arts yes. and you're really fit because you can't do children's theatre if you don't have that fitness level. Exactly. Like, first 15 minutes, I'm sweating and I'm known to be fit. It is very physical and it's, you've got to think as well. It's not just, you're not running across stage, you've got a direction you've got to go to, so it's... So running, jumping, tumbling, yep. falling... Rolls, everything. Oh, that would be amazing, and really engaging for the audience. Your use of space. So we've talked about how you guys create the space through that amazing set. Yes. How do you use a space as an actor? Do you own the whole space because it's your imagination, or how do you... You know, you yeah. know your use of the drama techniques. You, you, you've got to be quite big, and you, and as the narrator as well, it's coming from my perspective, you've got to be quite dominant on the stage. Direct, you don't, in a Doctor, and again, it's Doctor Zeus, it's quite, you don't dawdle across the, st- across the stage, you've got to be quite direct, you've got to know what you're doing. Being direct as well, it's, it's not boring the audience. Use of levels as well. When we go down, like for example, when we go and see the kids, we kneel down, Sally will go on two knees, I'll get on one knee, so we've got a bit of a height difference. The fish is probably in between my arms, over the top, so we sort of, you work your levels as well, so it isn't, you know, straight. straight. lines. Exactly. And so you're talking about getting near to the audience. You get down towards the audience, and before we started recording, you said how it's always going to be end on. Because you go to so many different theatres, you're just keeping it simple. But then you get near to the audience. So how do you connect with them? We ask them questions. We um, So direct address to the audience. Yes. We ask them direct questions. Um, definitely with the cat, how, for example, through one of the scenes he plays golf and he hits a ball right into the audience. It mimics, it's a miming. He uses miming. He doesn't to, actually hit yeah. a golf ball into the audience. <laughs> that will hurt someone. No, um, he mimes a golf ball into the audience. The sound effects go and... It, with that sound effect as well, because it's quite a lot of cues. We're talking about 183 sound effect cues. Oh my goodness, really? 183 sound yeah, effects? That's, that's what, awesome. That's what we're on so far, but we we'll want to add more. 183 sound effects cues, and they're real. They make it really realistic. Like he hits golf ball out, and it goes out to the audience, and we have a wall hitting sound effects. It comes back to us, and we react 
as actors on the stage to try to dodge it. Oh, so you're miming along with it as well. Yeah, yeah. a lot of miming. And we use tools, for example, a tennis racket, and we, he turns that into a banjo by flipping it around and playing the tennis racket as a banjo. And Oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to see this. I can say there's no limit. There is no mm. limit. And all those sound effects, they're loud, they're yep. engaging. They're what we would call suddenlies, you know, get your audience yeah. back on, on track again. Can you give me an example of what a line of participation could be? And can you do it in the boy voice so we can hear yep. the difference? So the last line in the whole performance, the mum walks in and my voice turns like this. Well, what would you do if your mother asked you? It's ending, it's sort of ending with the questions. And it gets them to think. And that's that whole didactic message. So what would you do to manage the interruptions of the kids? Because you want to give the kids agency, you want them to be involved. So what would you say if they called something out to you in the middle of a show? You don't want to neglect them because they're your audience. Um, if If I'm halfway through a line, if I call out something... You sort of you stop it at a, at a right time in your line, and you sort of engage with them. If they say look over there, you look over there. You react. You show that you're listening. You show that you care, and then you continue your line. And you don't talk over them because no one's ever going to hear you. You've got interact. You know, it's again, it's Doctor Zeus. That's your big sale pitch. You can do anything you want on Doctor Zeus. So creative. Also, you can, do you improv? Yeah, you can easy. You know, there's no limit to what you're doing on children theatre. If it entertains them, and if you've got to react to them, react to them because they love it. So we start the tour on the 22nd, yep. and we continue till the 11th of November. And then we have a break, and then we continue the Australian. It's been so amazing to talk to you, and we're so proud of you. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Brad, thank you so much. You are a legend. Thank you. Good luck for the tour. So Brad really wants to do a meow, because it's the cat in the hat. So go on, do me a cat in the hat meow. Meow. <laughs>